Join us as we open another file in the Markov dossier. File number Enferian Sirocco 1202901. File open. Sir Luton, and welcome to this episode of the Markov Dossier, a dystopian age podcast. My name's Scott, and I'm here with Sam. Howdy, pilgrims. And we are here today to talk about our recent game of Dystopian Wars and how it went, um, some of the things we sort of wanted to discuss about it. Um, we got a preview sprue from War Cradle, who were very kind enough to send us uh, the brand new support sprue for the Enlightened. Uh, I built them up as the Quintilian and Praxilia classes, and Sam has fielded them in his force just this Friday. Oh, weren't they lovely? Yep, they're really like really nice looking models. Uh, yeah. They're a bit like the Quintilian looks bigger than I expected it to. Yeah, it's actually longer but... than a regular cruise. I, I meant to have them next to me right now, and I've, they're upstairs in my in my bedroom in the cupboard. But they're uh, it is slightly longer, I think, than a regular cruiser. Yeah, and, so... and the uh, missile pods on the side just make it. It just looks bigger than a cruiser. So, yeah, but at the same time, it's very sleek. The yes. whole really elongated front with the that wonderfully art arched uh, bridge section it's very very is Art Deco the right description for it? It's very evocative of uh, I guess what's what I'm looking for here? Old train posters and the streamlining we used to get mm, yeah, on, yeah. on steam trains having said this I've just been to a model railway fair today so I'm, I've been surrounded by posters of like coronation classes and everything like, whoosh looks great uh, so it's very streamlined, very artistic. It looks with the ribbit. I know what it reminds me of. It's the art style that you get in um, Chronicles of Riddick with the Necromongers all ribbing and yeah, with and the heads and stuff like that, along with the 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 bridges that look like um, sentinels from the Matrix. Yes. Very cool. Very very cool. Art techno. Art techno. I like that. Yes. Copyright Scott Webster, 2021, September 19th. That's my term. <laughs> That's I, your I, term. I'm... Well, I've got one for later. I, 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 I've got a copyright term for later. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to throw some lawyers out after this episode then. <laughs> so, we played. It was about 1,000, just under 1,200 points each, wasn't it? Yep. And it still uh, was felt tight. I was trying to get as much as possible, and once you, it feels for enlightened, it's going to feel tight anyway. Yeah, yeah. High point value ships, but I was surprised I couldn't get as much as I wanted on the board. I was like, well, I've got to give up. I've got. I can't. I've not got enough points to start another fleet because I've, I've filled up all four slots on the faction fleet. I was like, oh, okay. I was put more of each in. Chuck some more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was enlightened versus Imperium again. I fielded a more cruiser head. I didn't take any frigates whatsoever. I just I was curious to see how the larger ships went against something like because I knew Sam was going to field a full squad of Praxilia because that was the idea was to test those guys out, test those guys, test that unit out. They're not guys. This is not World by Sexes. <laughs> test that unit out, and I kind of thought that maybe there would be some Marines or. Um, the other class which is escaping me at the minute. Domain. Domain, that's it. Um, Domain's what I took. It's the, they're the ones with the particle beamers. Oh, right. Okay. Domain's the pulse, pulse emitters. Pulse emitters, yeah. So, yeah, I knew there was going to be some frigates, so I decided not to take any, just to see how that force would stand up with just the larder ships. Uh, and I took a Tempelhof Blitz and Carrier. How do you think it went? What. Um, well, are we, are we gonna are we gonna save who actually won till the end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let, let's leave that till the end. Okay. So, how did I think it went? Um, the main reason I want I basically wanted to test out the new units we'd built, and they both performed exactly as I expected. Um, I think both of them, if you have them, if you're gonna have a quintillion, you're gonna have the 
Praxilla, they're pretty much going to be auto includes for most fleets. The Quintillion gives a very nice Alpha Strike capability. We were playing on a 3x3 three three board, and from turn one, I could hit things. I did make a mistake, though. Apparently, I don't have to place the Blast template exactly on the middle of your ship. It just has to be on your ship. I could have placed it more forward and possibly got the Blast template to catch something. Which is oh, okay. So I, play, I did place it straight in the middle, so I couldn't actually catch anything else. But it did quite... As I always with Alpha Strikes, it's never going to sink a ship, but it's a good start. Yeah, yeah, it did uh, a lot of damage yeah. outright. It did a lot of damage. Didn't, didn't cripple you, but you certainly knew you'd been hit. Yeah. Uh, but I think my MV, MVP was definitely the Praxilla Squadron. I, ha I took all six in one squadron. I didn't need to, to be honest, because the way the way the board, cause the board was tight, I could only get like three in at once. But man, are those things devastating. They sunk your one of your flagships. What, what, uh, what, SMS Holzendorf. Holzendorf went down like a stone. Yeah, wasn't it fully? It, it was fully healthy before I hit it, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't. No, so it was a one-two punch because that's what you hit with your quintillion. Oh, I, hit the temple? I thought I hit the temple off. Oh no, you're right. I did hit the. I hit the. Yeah. And then, yeah. It, and as soon as I could get him, and down it went like a stone. Uh, I, d I think there was only two submarines that managed to get in yeah. before it was sunk, and it was it God. was horrible. It was absolutely yeah. horrible. But you, um, yeah, you did chuck it in the way because you didn't want me to get your tip off. You actually used one flagship to screen another. Yep. There are cheaper ways of doing that. <laughs> you could have put a cruiser in the way. They're frigates. They're like <laughs> that, that's what like I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it later. But yeah. It was quite spectacular how fast that went down once it once it took a couple of bricks in the round into Yeah, but th so the, on the flip side, the second time that you got to use the Praxilla was against the Tempelhof. That was hard. And that was that was much harder, but yeah. it it wasn't quite as bad as the first one. I think the first one you got a lot of really good rolls on the first couple of submarines. The second mm. time, I think I took. Praxilla before yeah. you couldn't get any more in because of how tight the board was, and it took me down to almost completely. Yeah, you you, gone, you got away but... with it. What was really lucky was the way what, what there was a rock in the way, and I had to come round the rock to come into the back. So I was literally doing a very tight turn to ram the rear of you. And one of the crits we did turned out to be a Sturgeonian flare, which shot you forward, and yeah. I couldn't get at you because I just didn't have quite enough inches to go round the rock and get at you at the same time. So that was a really lucky crit for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, lucky. it was. It was. If you hadn't been for that, if you'd had any other crit and not been able to move, at least yeah. two more would have rammed into you, and that would have been it for you. Yeah. So yeah, Praxilla's definitely an auto include. Um, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Diogene submarine stat stats, and I'm just thinking, why would you want to take this? <laughs> it's just. It's okay. But it's no the Praxilla for me. It's just lethal. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely. It's just insane. And using my flagship to screen against those for the tempo half, I expected. So one of the things I expected more of was when you ram, you roll damage. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of expected at least one or two of them to go down to their own ramming. But it didn't really come into play. I think you got one damage, didn't you? Yeah, Off. just one point of damage, which didn't, which I don't think sunk it. It just no, it just damaged it slightly. I mean, yeah. they're not not they've only got two hull points each, so it chipped a little bit off it, but it could still go again. So it wasn't it wasn't as horrendous uh, for you as I expected it to be. The but thing is, the thing is, you've got a minimum distance you got to travel. So if you ram once. Yeah, you back off a bit, but you can't, probably can't ram again unless you let the unless they let the Tempelhof move first. Because mm. then I could probably get up enough speed to ram you, but probably not enough. Again, it wouldn't be enough to get my full uh, six plus prow ram damage. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. As uh, if you want to take a flagship down, Praxillas are definitely the way to go for go for it. There, they will carve their way through anything. Yeah, and there'll still be enough left to ruin somebody else's day as well. But you do have to be careful with your placement of them. Yeah, they've got to be able to get. I mean, they're fast. 
but they've got for some reason they've got a speed of nine and a turning circle of ten. I'm not quite sure if that's correct, but uh, they ca they are wicked fast. Yep, they are. I think they they were pretty much across and into my battleship in the first turn. Yeah. Uh, again, playing on the playing on our three by three board, which was meant to be a four by four board, but <laughs> for the story behind this, I ordered a four by four. I got it. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." And then it wasn't until I actually unrolled it out to you, we went, "This doesn't look like a four by four, does it?" Because I've got zero spatial awareness. I was like, "Yeah." We got the measure of that. Oh, it's a three by three. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. Oops. So it was a bit of a tight. Is yours four by four? You've got a. Uh, yes, mine is four by four. Yours although I am going to measure it just to make sure now. <laughs> I've had it over a year now, so if if it's wrong, I'm 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 stuck with it. So I'm keeping mine. It's a three by three. But I'm I'm good. Um, to be fair, like I think with an extra foot, it wouldn't make a heck of a lot of difference. Make it uh, maybe a little bit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it would have changed the game immensely. I don't think. Mm -hmm. I think when you start playing on something like a, a four by six, that's when you. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah. then long range, you know, there are going to be times when you're out of range. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think uh, sticking at one five hundred, anything above one five hundred, I think you definitely start to need a six by four board, like a four by four for one five hundred. I think it'd be fine, but once you go above that, I think you'd start to struggle to get everything in. To get yeah. everything in, you have to start using reserve a bit. You're going to get yeah. very crowded. Speaking yeah. of range, the Quintillion, we've talked about the Quintillion now, the Quintillion's, again, great for alpha striking. However, once they've done that, they're kind of under, because uh, it was three, like you were within range and you were shooting at them straight away and they didn't stay, even though I had shrouds on them, they yeah. didn't, I lost one very quickly and the other one didn't last much longer. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what, I think it was the Org, Augusta Bombards that I took them on with. Wasn't yeah, it? you dropped Augusta Bombard on one, and uh, the first, the first the, you, you pounded the first one. You just concentrate everything that you had on it, yeah. and it just went. And then the second one managing to turn two, but by that point you got so close to them because there's a minimum range on the on the on the weapon on their main weapon. You can't use it at point blank. You can only use it at closing or long. Yeah. And you got within that. So I was kind of. I had the. It does have. It has. It does have a seeker rocket battery, which is actually quite nasty. Yeah, yeah. It once you sort of let that off as well. It wasn't. Um, hmm. It wasn't quite as nasty as the the main uh, cyclonic no. missiles, but yeah, it was. It was pretty nasty. But they're they're kind of. They've only got the two weapons, haven't they? Have they got yeah. a broadside as well? No, they've literally, they haven't got a broadside. They've literally got no. the Tyndall cyclonic missiles and the Seeker rocket battery. I'm just going to double check that. I'm pretty sure they don't have a a, a, a third weapon. Uh, oh no, they've got a, they've got a Seeker torpedo salvo as well. Yes, I do remember that now. Because it we sort of had very similar because the Augusta have got the, the bombard and the torpedoes yes. and a broadside. And I'm just um, reading this, and I've just realised it actually counts as having two separate batteries. I only fired one battery of the missiles at you. I've actually got two. Oh, I could have. I could have. Well, that's my own fault, isn't it? I could have hit you twice with those single uh, missiles. So the first, I could have done it as two two lots of nine or a nine and a four. I think two lots of nine is pretty good. Uh, that's no, that's double nasty. So that's something I needed to pay attention to next time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the Augustus only got a, I think it was eleven dice, and then if you support, it's not very much in support. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's like five dice. But I decided to fight them singly because I wanted to take down the two. Yes. because they were they scared me they look they're one of those models where you look at it and you just think I want to get that off the board because it looks scary yes it's a good distraction distractor because then they are they're expensive 148 points each so that's something mean, if you want to get them off the board but while you're doing that you're not concentrating for example if, I, if uh, my, my massive frigates yep. which is sneaking up on the board which with I bought five Five Germains. That's that's five particle beamers can come at you. Yeah, and that that was horrible. That was really really bad. Um, <laughs> it didn't... was just 
an instant cruiser gone, like yeah. all the way from full health, just nothing in a turn. Yeah, I, that, it has to be said that if, uh, in terms of frigates, the the fact that you can mount a main weapon on our frigates and no one else can do that yet is pretty nasty. I mean, my Toten little storm claw. Yeah, they're they're quite nasty. You have to get they're the same sort of a similar thing. We have to get them up close for them to be useful, but they're not as bad as the big Sturmbringer cannons. I think yeah. the Sturmbringer cannons, but yeah, they're really they're really potent up close. But yeah, it's not as not as bad as the the main weapon on a, a cruiser version of it. So yeah, having having the abilities of mount proper big particle beamers and um, the other weapon on them is it's brutal it is yeah the the uh, pulse pulse weapon that's yeah. not that's even worse if you can get that to point blank range it's going by your cruisers are going bye bye yeah yeah so we talked about the ships we used the other experiment we did which we found quite interesting we wanted to test out the effectiveness of the shroud generator. There's been quite some discussion on the Sajim Lounge about shrouds. Some people complain they're too much. And so if you're not played D1, shroud essentially stop one of the main mechanics of damage. They class anyone with a shroud generator on them is classed as obscured. And that means you don't get the exploding hit. So if you roll the anchor on the dice, you don't get to roll extra extra dice like you normally would. This can stop a lot of damage coming through. So we wanted to test out, is it OP or not? So with your equipment, I didn't just do this for cheese, <laughs> I equipped every ship I could with a shroud generator. So the Hypathia, all my cruisers, and uh, my uh, Quintillons all had shroud generators on to see what how that would work. And how does it feel for you? Because we counted up how many exploding dice you rolled throughout the two, throughout the turns of the game. Yeah. Um, what was it you said you got? You got. I got eighteen uh, critical hits. So that's eighteen extra dice. In theory, you could have rolled. Now, obviously, that's not in one hit. That's scattered out through all the shots you did. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of ironic. It was one of the few days your dice rolls were actually reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Typical that. Um, <laughs> typical, yes. When, when it's uh, it's okay, I'm I'm being limited on my further dice rolls, but yeah, it was only two turns. We did eighteen, so that's uh, roughly nine a turn. So in a five turn game, it works out forty five potential yeah. missed dice. I mean, obviously that's just averaging out, yeah. and that's only in one game. But still, it feels it feels like a big deal when you say it out loud. But to be honest, it it never felt punishing. It was no. just sort of a, oh, I can't roll extra dice on this. The other thing that's interesting is because a lot of your weapons have got things like Voltaic and Arc. If I took the standard generator, which comes with most enlightened ships, which is the shield, you would have ignored that and gone straight through it. Because a lot of your, a, which one is it does that Arc or Voltaic and just go straight for a shield. Uh, it's arc. Arc can go straight through shield, the uh, standard shield generator. So uh, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I, you know, it, yeah. it, I felt it. I, I was like, yeah, I'm not getting because I'm not, I'm not getting these extra dice. And I did think maybe these are OP, but now when we flash this out, saying maybe it's, maybe it's not, maybe it is just, it just feels. It sounds better than it actually is when the once the dice start rolling. Once you get the raw of averages statistics on it, it's good, but it's not. It's not game breaking. It's not game breaking. No, I, I was because I was considering maybe we we one of the kind of ideas we thrashed out. Maybe they should be more expensive. The generator itself should be more expensive to make yeah. it not quite as. Uh, auto take the reason I say that is well enlightened it's free it's a free upgrade for everything uh, swap out for a generator um it's what 10 points I think for most other factions 
yeah, it's eight to ten points, I think, for most of the factions. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's not an it's definitely like for as an Imperium player. Yeah. It's a case of do I drop one of my gun batteries to put a. Um, That's the other trade-off because in light of it's internal, we don't have to trade off yeah. our gun batteries. No. So um, and sort of law-wise, it makes sense. I can understand from a law perspective why the enlightened are able to take them for free internally because they are an advanced yeah highly science based faction so they just that they, they just sort of go yeah i can just put whatever i want in the ship but on the other hand having them for free feels just a little too much a little a little too easy maybe yeah. like i don't know what point price point or points wise what you should um, be costing them at yeah yeah i mean if i wouldn't object if we if we had to pay 10 points for them that would at least be a level playing field with the others mm. and so i, I just i oh i don't know if we, I, well, I mean yeah last when we played the game i was i came away from that game thinking luminate shroud shroud is too much yeah. Uh, even even though the, the way the game went, I thought no shroud is too much. But now I've talked about, I've sat down, I've talked about it. I've asked a couple of other people in the lab, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it isn't. It's just you know, on on the day it felt like about if you average it out over all the games we're going to eventually play with this, probably isn't. And it's well, it is as well balanced as we you know you'd hope a rule says. I mean, it's not like War Cradle pull these rules out of thin air. They've thought about this. They've done the math. Yeah, and yeah. It just, it just when you first play it, it just feels OP. But I think you know War Cradle have done the maths, and it probably on balance against, for example, the shield generator, which has a, a different effect. It removes a two dice from an attack, um, which which actually does add up quite well. I think you know it probably does on the whole balance out a bit and I, I don't know probably should shush now and say no shroud don't notice it's fine <laughs> they're not OP um, I think OP is too much of a thing are they fully balanced I don't know I don't honestly having only played the one game at two rounds mm. I can't say that I think they are fully balanced but I definitely don't think they're overpowered. I think that there may be like a slight skew towards being a little bit underpriced. I think that's the. I think that's the thing. Maybe they could be a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Well, I tell you what we'll do. We'll put a poll up. You guys can tell us what you think. Do you think they're overpowered? Do you think they're underpowered? Which would be crazy, but hey, some people might think they <laughs> yeah, could be. Shroud is make you completely invisible and you can't be seen until you're at point blank. Yeah, at point blank range, then you can <laughs> shoot somebody. Or, or do you think they're fine? It'd be interesting to hear what you guys think. Yeah, that would certainly be certainly be cool. So, that's our thoughts on the game. Now, I suppose we should talk about exactly what happened, which was uh, enlightened got their ass kicked. Very definitely. <laughs> so it, it it was an ass kicking, and <laughs> I I just got very very lucky in the in the sort of end of round two, where we yeah. we played salvage. We played the salvage um, rise, and the the uh, salvage the victory points fell your way. Yeah, massively because every everyone that you rolled was a blue or a blank yeah i didn't find me. any salvage and you found all of them yeah so i was against all the rest of them so instantly they were the points went to me which is kind of surprising it's usually the way around yeah. bad dice rolls but yeah and the sturgeon in rare um, flare on the temple hoff that not only pushed me out of range of the praxilia but also pushed me in range of the center of the board which I had a card for, so I could instantly sort of score that on my on my go, it was, which was really surprising. It was nine three in the end. Nine three. I thought it was twelve three. I thought you had twelve. Uh, maybe it was twelve in the end. Yeah, because you got all three. You got all three. Uh, boot. You got all three supply points. Yeah, so that's uh, two fours, you, six. 
and then you got your center center of the board one you yep. have some for destroying units you got yep. you got some yeah i think you got 12 i think i thought it was 12 three in Maybe terms it of carnage it was actually quite evenly matched we, yep. if we if, from a shooting point of view by then we just ran out of time and we were playing at our local club uh, we still had plenty of ships left on the board at the end of that turn yeah like you say it was pretty evenly matched ships wise I'd lost my big flagship one of my big flagships yeah. and I'd lost a cruiser Yeah. Um, but all my other cruisers were pretty much untouched and you still had I had a full I had all my I had all my frigates all my Praxillas did you get both my Quintillans by the end of it? Yeah, because yeah, that's like, what I got a point for was yeah. the destroying the Quintillan. Yeah, destroying the Quintillan unit was still was gone, but my flagship was uh, nice and healthy. Yep, that was like, that was untouched. Yeah, and like, I still had one uh, Chatelet still on board. I, had a, yeah. I started with a unit of three, ended up with a unit of one. Yeah, because my um, Volton, Volsung. Uh, oh cruisers yeah, just sailed right up and just lightning death two of those instantly yes. off the water. But the third one managed to hang on, get it away. Wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be there for long. No. But the, re the only reason I took the chalets was because uh, my opinion of the basic SRS cruisers for Enlighten the chalet and the Ulysses was one SRS token ain't worth it. However, Quintillans get a bonus for having an SRS token on them, they can then turn their rockets from regular to sustained. So you can re that way it really gets nasty. So that's why I bought the, sh the Chatelet uh, units just to spam just to have, not for offensive, just to put the SRS tokens defensively on the Quintillans. I put one on the uh, flag my flagship as well, my Hypatha just, just chuckles. And it just added an extra, just having that added extra. So I still think offensively, one SRS token, even if you feel the full unit of of Ulysses or Chatelet, probably isn't worth it as an offensive. But for bolstering the rest of your uh, fleet, I think they are worth it. Obviously, I, we didn't build uh, Plinius because that, that has a lot of SRS. Yep. Uh, what does that chuck out? Is it four? Four SRS. That's 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 substantial, especially yeah. if you build more than one of those. So that's where your offensive SRS is going to be coming from the the Plinius. But we haven't built one of those. As soon as I get hold of a, uh, a box of this, though, I am definitely going to be building the Plinius option. Uh, yeah. I might look at uh, getting. I think I think I can see myself buying at least two boxes of this set as well because I quite like the Tacticus version as well. Yeah, seeing as my Templehof throws out four SRS tokens, either version, the Blitzen or the regular. Yeah. Like the. That's all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So SRS capacity, four, three if crippled. And of course, they're a lot cheaper than your Templehof, I imagine. They're 147 points each. And I could have in a squadron up to two, two more. So in theory, I could have three. I could be chucking out uh, four threes, 12, 12 uh, SRS in a turn if I took the full support group. Yeah, my, my tempo is 240 points. Uh, so, for two, yeah, it's more expensive to have just two of those, but still. It's not that much more expensive, though, is it? What did no. you say that was? 147 times two would be 280, 294. So, you know, it's a little bit more expensive, but you're getting double the SRS. Yeah. So, um, that's quite that's quite something. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I, um, I don't put out four. What do I? Is it four or five? Now I need to look at my um, orbit to double check because I'm temple half. SRS capacity, special capacity four. Regular. Oh, okay. Mean? That's why. So the regular Templehof fleet carrier. Yeah. The SRS standard capacity is eight. Ouch. 
Okay, so, so I can't quite only match because, that. No, it's only because I, I take the Blitz and Bombers because they're horrendously nasty. It's five dice per, what's it? It is four. Yeah. So I'm at I'm through, uh, it's 20 dice I'm throwing out for the Blitz and Bombers. I don't remember how many standard SRS. Is it two? I think so. So that's only 16 dice. And I also get Voltaic on um, the Blitz and Bombers. So personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it the other version just because I think the Blitz and Bombers are so much more nasty but it does make me consider potentially running some Conrads with the standard SRS just to, just to protect them yeah that would be yeah because you get uh, screening don't you because if they yep. go with it yeah it's hard to take it down your bombers yeah and Conrads look cool why would you want it? Why wouldn't you want to take a thing with a massive great plank on the top of it? <laughs> uh, uh, they don't look cool to me. They look. They do. Just, I just love the practicality of the, of the Imperium ships. I really like them. It's just like this is the most efficient way to get a launch platform on. Shift the bridge up forward and put a plank on the top. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> just balance it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Weigh it down on the other end with some trains. It'll, it'll work perfectly. I like it. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to consider. I mean, I, I did, when I was building my list, um, like I've said before on the podcast and I've said to you before, I'm, I'm like putting off the Ice Maiden because I don't need any more carriers. But putting my, led, my list together the other day, I was like, actually, maybe I do need more carriers <laughs> because I, I've, I've uh, uh, cruisers, because um, I've, I've sort of run out of models for this 1,000. Oh, that's something I didn't talk about. Uh, frigates. Uh, having only cruisers and flagships, it definitely felt like you need frigates. They are great for screen. Like, if I had that screen against the Praxilla, yeah. instead of putting my flagship out there against the Praxilla, they'd be much, much better. I mean, they're going to die instantly, but it would have been a waste of your rowing, pretty much. Yes, you would have sacrificed yourself for the greater good yeah I mean I could have feel uh, how many have I got in the cabinet I think I've got 8 so that's pretty much more than you've got submarines there's potentially damage yourself as well and yeah. you're throwing that, that what was it 16 dice maximum that you were throwing out yeah at full tilt provided I didn't make any turns using the hammer sweep yeah, 16, 16 dice against a one. It's overkill. It's a two hole point. Yeah. 20 point unit. It's complete overkill. Yeah. So. I'm, because, of course, I've got to stop, so I can't make a hole because it was a tight, because we've gone down the side of the board where there were rocks to keep it tight. Even if I've got rid of yours, I've, I've got to stop. I can't get through. Well, actually, it can because it's submerged. Yeah, I'd have to make a hole and come through. Yeah. But of course, it's all about movement and except uh, range. So it may be that that's as far as it go. Yeah, it's yeah. You definitely. I think. I think frigates definitely have a massive place in any fleet. Um, probably from a firepower basis, a squadron of frigates can just chuck dice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not quite like the the enlightened. Are definitely. The better yeah. versions of the cruisers, uh, frigates, sorry, yeah. um, but they can still chuck a lot of dice, and some of them have like, um, what's it called, giant killer, giant yes. hunter, or something like that, which helps along with taking out big ships, and they, they are just really good, good screens to to smash other frigates against, sort of thing. Yes, um, and, and see who comes out on top. Yeah, so that's that. That was my take on on. A no frigates list. It was fine, but I did feel like I was exposed quite a lot. Like I was, I, I, there was nothing, nothing I could screen. Yeah. Every, every, every unit, every, every unit you had was critical. You yes, every every unit I had was important, and I could like losing just the one uh, Volsung and losing that Holzendorf early on. Yeah. Did feel like a big chunk of my points just gone instantly yeah that's whereas 
Yeah. You, losing a couple of frigates, like 20 points each, it just it, it wouldn't matter. No. Well, that's one thing we we ha- we forgot to apply the rules that when you're the last last boat stand last ships. Standing, don't you dare! Uh, last ship standing in a unit. There's a you get. I think it's a disorder condition for panic. We forgot that one. That's another rule we're gonna have to get get around to remembering. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. Frigates are there to die. Which is great. I mean, in fact, you know, in fact, well, this isn't the real name. You know, your job, Captain, is to die for your country. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, this is one thing uh, I forgot. The ships, Sam. They're not boats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like you say, frigates. I feel like they are an essential part of building a fleet, and in. And it's another, it sort of adds to the shrouded generator debate as well, because those those 10 points, for, like if you put a couple of of those shroud generators on a uh, Copernicus or something like that, those yeah. 10 points is going to take the points away from you, adding more, more. frigates potentially. Yeah. So it's sort of, then it becomes a case of, Yes. Which do yeah. I need more? Where? That's what I want to see. Having just having to say, okay, risk versus reward. Which one is the better option? More frigates or keeping this cruiser on the board for a bit, little bit longer? It's definitely something I'm. I'm curious about if. I think. Uh, do you fancy the next game we play? Putting them at ten points each, just to see if it makes that little bit of difference or not. Well, I was thinking the next point, the next game I play, I won't take shroud at all, and I will just take regular shield generators and something, and obviously something else on the Hypathia, uh, just to see if, how that feels. Just yeah. to, and try and actually remember to use the shield generator this time because I forgot about it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, well, that, I think I think that's my next game. I'm going to try it. no no shrouds and see how it goes. Sounds good. Because I can pretty much take the same list and just say I'm not taking the shrouds this time because there was no, there won't be any points difference. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's an easy job for me then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely uh, rebuild my list ever so slightly. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, only real big takeaway I've got from mine is, like I said, frigates are important. So I'm going to take them. What else? I'm sure there was something else that we were going to talk about, but I can't think what it was. Well, there is there is the uh, uh, the our use of the damage markers. Oh yes, yeah. yes. We what we did. I found the little cardboard markers for damp recording damage very fiddly. I'm extremely clumsy. My fingers were struggling to pick them up. Also, the fact that they are not the same numbers on both sides is confusing the heck out of me. Uh, so I want a four. No, that's three on that side. And uh, I want a red four. No, drat. Um, so I had made, I got, we have a mutual friend with a 3D printer. So we had some little markers made, which you could put dice. I bought some small dice, some 10 mil dice, and we have these little markers made. And they look like, well, essentially, they're, you know, it's a, it's a point with a hole for a dice, one or two dice. We had them done. And we realised that when you put them behind, not only was not only is this a really good way to record your whole points, you could just put the dice in there. We had blue dice for your uh, battle ready and red for your cripple damage, so you could just quickly flip them around. They look like dinghies following your boat around, so we came up with the title of Death Dinghies. I suppose you could call them Damage Dinghies as well, but Death Dinghies sounded way more fun. Yeah, Death Dinghies is much better. <laughs> death Dinghies. So yeah, we found that. I mean, each their own. I know a lot of people just find the count, haven't got a problem with the counters because they're organised and have them all laid out so they can find them quickly. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I did find putting dice down and having them in these holders so that they couldn't be knocked over easily was def- for us, for me, definitely a big bonus. And uh, yeah, something that something people can consider keep putting using dice to keep track of the damage, not the other way around. I will admit, I was very sceptical at the start of the game when we started laying them down but at the end it just seemed like a better solution than the counters like you say it's just having them next to them and, and near them like sometimes with counters they get lost they get lost they're not very sort of obvious 
they're tiny. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's not obvious which counter is with which sometimes. But having that little point of like directing this is for this boat here. Not, well, this is between boat. these two boats. This is boat! <laughs> oh, poo. I'm going to have to siren myself. Gotcha. Oh, no. Uh, these ships. Between the ships. It gets confusing sometimes. Even if you've got a decent memory. It, like, sometimes you look at it and you just go, Oh, is, is this for this ship or this ship? I don't remember. Um, so I was just having that little arrow to sort of point and go, it's it's for this one. It makes it a lot clearer, not only for for you but for your opponent, so they yeah. they can easily look at it and go, well, that is pointing to that ship. So I mean, it's I don't got even four hits left and whatever. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the way forward. I would if you can find them. Uh, do you find them on Thingverse? Yeah, they were on Thingverse. Um... I'll put we'll, we'll put a link on our, on the, on after this where if, if people want them. Yeah. Yep. What what millimeter dice were they? Do you know? I've used ten mil and they work fine. Obviously, you can the I think the original file is actually just has actually done for I think it's for sixteen mil dice, which is approximately the size of the critical damage dice. But you can, of course, if you're good with a three D printer, you can uh, adjust those as required. Did find ours the front hole on the two on the two odds the front hole was always tighter for some reason than the back the back hole. Yeah. This is now starting to sound like a carry on episode. <laughs> 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 um so that we did have to wedge the dice in on that one. So if I, I print some more off and I probably will do, I'll ask I'll ask our guy just to make them a touch wider around the front so they fit yeah. in a bit easier. But yeah. Really easy. They didn't get knocked over, which is another problem I have, knocking dice over with my hands. Yeah. I'm notoriously clumsy. Or was it because I actually managed to knock... Roll, just rolling a dice, I managed to destroy one of my models in one particular game. <laughs> Rolled it yeah. and took the head off one of my, my, uh, inter, my uh, lawman interceptor. I was like, yeah. Hey. Yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> like, Not only did you manage to hit him directly in the head, but you managed to knock it completely off. It was, it was quite the shot. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was uh, that was really good, actually. Like I say, I was sceptical, but yeah. In the end, it's uh, I will be ordering some as well, I think. I've got some 10 mil dice, I think, already that will fit in. A red and purple, but I think that's going to be fairly... Fairly straightforward, yeah. Um, which one's which? My red is obviously crippled. It's fairly easy to, to do. So yeah, I will be uh, purchasing some of those... For the next game. Death dinghies, TM. You heard it here first. Yeah, it's copyright. Sam Berridge, nineteenth <laughs> September two thousand. Yeah. Uh, another thing that's worth mentioning is we actually managed to get the rules right this time. Most of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're still learning, and yeah. some of them we would we didn't really get any wrong. We just missed some, I think. Yeah. But the damage we got right, and it still felt it still felt like a quick game. We set up late, and our club doesn't play for too long I think we had like and we have to we have to pack away before the, the place closes as well we've only got yeah. like about two and a half hours to play so we only got yeah we only managed to get through to turn as we said to turn two yeah which still felt like a good game I mean yeah yeah yeah, there was lots of there's lots of there was lots of uh, explosions going on, so that's what we really want from it. Yeah, and we we got like the scenario was done by turn two as well, so it would have been just purely points on cards, getting rid of units. Yeah, such point. a lead. I'd ha- I'd have had to had a card for every unit I shot just to yeah. get just to get anywhere near you on points. So it was it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have, I would have fought to the very bitter end just because it's funny. Uh, <laughs> Go down shooting or don't go down at all. That's my way. <laughs> That's my motto. To but, be honest, I like if you table someone, you get five points extra, don't you? You do. So I, I still would have had to been pretty lucky with my my, my victory and valor cards. I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel confident about winning that game if it went to turn five because I don't think I had the survivor because I had so few ships left like i just had a lot of bigger ships left the temple hoff was on its last legs my volsung was in a bad place 
my Bluchers and my Augusta, they were they were in good positions, but I don't see them putting out enough damage to they were take in, out a lot of your stuff. Yeah, they would have been hunted down by the Praxilla quite quickly. Yeah, and I, I like something that I I don't know if anybody says it enough. It's the Hypathia, isn't it? That's the generator ship. Yeah, that thing is tough as a ten dollar steak as they say in america um it it just like i i think i put two runs of blitz and bombers against it and i did about two damage to it i bombarded it i, I threw a lot at it towards the end and it just it i didn't Couldn't, get off bow ready no it, it was it was it was tough thing to deal with it was using a shroud, and it had its. Although I forgot about the shield generator, so that would have made it even harder. Yep, yep. Um, and it had. Uh, I'd also got atomic and fury on, so the sister had got an extra bonus from the atomic. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get any critical damages on it whatsoever. Yeah. I might it bring. Was... I might bring a deck. I might bring a decar next time. Yeah, it, it was. It was hard to take down. I think that's like at the minute. I would say that's probably your your ship to take as a, a battleship for certain yeah as a primary one i so at the moment i from a tactical point of view i appreciate the ability to generate and protect other ships around it more than i appreciate Descartes' ability to chuck whales at people yeah i mean that's that's a lot of fun to see but <laughs> it's a lot um, of fun to see but it didn't mind you that may have just been bad dice i'll have to try it again yeah that's something that like I expect the SRS to do more, but because you are getting those air defense and submerged defense against them for the most point, yeah. it does not nerf, but it does what it's meant to do. It counteracts that damage a little bit. So, um, just remind me what the other thing we've not discussed is. What's Stigium, that? Stigium agitators. Oh yes. Would you like to tell them how wonderful you found them? Sturgeonium agitators. Man, did we get excited when we saw those were in the new sprue box. Man, are they a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've okay, this is what I did. I mounted on the Hypathia three Sturgeonium agitators. I thought this is going to tear backsides. However, I, I must admit, I'd not known the rule properly because Sturgeonium agitators can't be used, well, they can be used in sport, but they only supply one dice. So this is how they work, if you're not an enlightened player. Stygium Agitator uses the target's mass against it. So, if I, for example, if I'm shooting at closing range, the number of damage dice you roll is mass times two. So obviously if you're shooting a, a, a frigate, you're only rolling two dice. If you're shooting a flagship, you're rolling six. Okay. If you're at point-blank range, it gets better. It's mass times three. Now I mounted three of those on there and I tried to shoot your temper off with him. And then I realized about the support rule and I thought, well, okay, that means I could I could shoot it twice because you were on my uh, port side so I could get two of them at you. So I thought I'd shoot one at a time. Neither of them did any damage. Barely blistered your paint. Yep. I rolled, I rolled six dice because we're actually point blank range, two lots of six dice, nothing. Nothing at all. Didn't pierce you. Didn't didn't get past your armor, and I was like, "Oh, these are rubbish. <laughs> Why have I done this?" So I've done some maths. I thought a spreadsheet, everything. I'm good at spreadsheets. Okay. So though I think the problem was I put them on the Hypather, and I shouldn't have done, or I should I put too many on the Hypather. I think they work best when it's a single turret ship. So they would work really well on a stiletto. So this is where I gained to tell. I, what, I compared it to a particle beamer. I, I could have, I've also could have compared it to a pulse weapon as well. But if you compare it to a particle beamer, okay, this is where it depends what you're shooting. So let's see. If I put it on the Hypatia, okay, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it at point blank range because that's where the Stygium activator works best. So at point blank range. And if I can uh, point all three guns at it, so it's point blank and dead, dead ahead. Uh, a Hypathia with three particle cannons in one go can put 14 dice out if you do the support thing. 
But the Sturginium can only put 11 out, and you're framing it. This is aiming at mass 3. So from point blank range on a flagship, clearly particle beamers on a high pather are the better option. However, if you do this with a stiletto, stiletto only has one turret. So at point blank range, you can only put six dice out on a, on a mass three target. With a sturginium, you can put nine out. And if you're aiming at something from mass four, your temple hop, uh, the ice maiden, it gets better. You can put 12 dice into an ice maiden just from one one gun whereas your particle cat your particle beamer is only going to point six out so that i think is where the agitators are going to come in best stick them on something fast and just one turret and i think your agitators are going to come in very well there on the hypatha all three mounted was a waste i should have just mounted say the middle turret as a as an agitator and kept the two important starboard turrets as particle beamers i may have got some may have felt like it was more useful yeah it definitely i was terrified of that game within range of me and then once it got into range and it was sort of like well this is this is how many it's it's putting out it was sort of a oh well that's that's not very scary at all in fact that's quite that's quite tame and like you say i think it's it's better than one particle beamer but it's not better than three yeah, having like a fast strike cruiser go in and, and, and try it that way, maybe yeah. they'll work better. Especially if you get a squadron of them and you just shoot them individually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the uh, the better way of doing it, I think. Okay, for an, a, a, a job for another list. Yeah. So you actually have three, physically have three of them. You, don't get me, you only get three on the... Is it three or four we've got from the sprue? It's two per sprue, isn't four. it? Four, yeah. Four, so I've got four. So I quick kit out a four squadron of... Well, three, because I think the maximum you can do is three in a squadron. Yeah. 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 Now, if there was a frigate option... If it was an option for a frigate, that would be terrifying. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not. The, both the Jermaine and the, and the, and the Merion have, have to have the described weapon to them. Uh, but yeah, a, a frigate option of, of Sturgeon agitators coming at you would be fairly terrifying. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be um, <laughs> looking forward to that at all. It'd be quite, quite scary. So yeah, so that's our takeaway from the new Enlightened Sprues. Um, yes, basically, if you're an Enlightened player... With the box, whether or not you go for the the full Hypather fleet or you wait till the support the plastic only box comes out, you're gonna want them. You are definitely gonna want them. Um, certainly, certainly, some of these are must-haves. As we said, we we think the we think the uh, Prax Praxilla are a absolute must-have. Um, the other ones, it'd be nice when I can get more on the board. Try try out the various versions of the cruiser, but I, at the moment I'm loving the Quintillans. But maybe the Tacticus has its own own deadly use as well. We'll have to see. Uh, I have to admit that I was I was definitely very wary of them both, and I think they both performed as I expected them to, for certain. I would not be surprised if you see them a lot in um, competitive lists. Yes, I think that's going to be a thing that definitely happens. They're going to be competitive lists. I'm just having a look because the let's see the Hypatha fleet bonus if you can fulfil it. Let's have a look. I'm lying about fleet. Hypatha fleet bonus. I'm probably saying it's probably Hypatia or Hypatia. Must include some Lovelace or Tacticus units. And to get the boat, if it has three maximum size units, then all the costs of the pipette, that's actually not worth it. If you can include three maximum size units with generators in addition to the flagship, so that means they've got to have, so you talk about three cruisers each time, so three lots of three, then the Hypatia generators have any points reduced to zero, which most of them are anyway. Yeah, that's, not that's still a great bonus, I'll be honest with you. No. 
I think that's a bit of a disappointing you're bonus. Yeah, you're better off just going for the faction fleet, which is what I had. Because uh, the the only ones that cost you on a Hypatia are the Null. The Shroud actually just costs five points. I did I did factor that in. Shroud costs five, and the clone costs the clone costs ten, and the repulsion costs five. But so yeah, it's not you know maximum you're going to be saving is 50, 25 points max. Twenty yeah. points max on that. It's not really a worth worth going going all other than other than of course having maximum size units is always a good thing. That's I'll be shame. honest with you, and this is just from my personal experience so mm. far as well. I'm not finding the non-standard fleets that useful for the um, Imperium. Oh. So for the Elector, if you meet all the conditions, you can swap the Bombard and the Vulcan batteries round. Why anybody would do that, I have no idea. No. Don't, it, doesn't want it, doesn't want you, isn't one of your class of ships already lat anyway? Isn't the trip it's that anyway? I think so, yeah. Um, so it just seems like a bit of a waste. You get a uh, slightly cheaper trippets. Yeah. It yes. just doesn't doesn't seem worth it to me. Um, no. It's, the, uh, the day car one is good. It's oh, that's yeah. the yeah. to um, ambush. Yeah, you get... Uh, okay. If this battle fleet includes three units, uh, just includes three units in addition to the flagship, it may to include two extra... Feister constructs Beckle Token and their Feister ambush instead of the usual plus one given by Feister. So that's a bit useful. Yeah, yeah. And the other two that the like the Archimedes and the Autonomous Research Fleet, um, we can't fulfil yet because none of the none of those all oh, the Claudius unit is available. So maybe you could maybe I could do the Autonomous Research Fleet where I don't have a Claudius yet because mm. I haven't built it. So that could be worth looking at. What do you get for that one if you meet it? Uh, okay, so you get some... The Mechanical Soul also applies to Chaos and Disarray, so you can ignore the negatives of those. That's kind of handy. But you need a lot of automata for that one. I've just had a quick look at my um, other ones, because I've only done the Elector, because I don't have the... Um, anythings for the other two, uh, three, sorry. Uh, so the tempo off one is you get um, you don't get your SRS capacity reduced when you're crippled, which is good because it halves. Ah. Um, the Ice Maiden one is you get two command rerolls, which is pretty damn good. Um, which we've both neglected to use so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be fair, I never felt like I needed to re-roll an entire thing. Entire. No, you did though. You re-rolled one, but that was you had sustained, so you just decided to re-roll everything anyway because you could. Yeah. So what's the other one? The line break one. So the line break one's more slightly difficult. Is that the one that gets? Is that one that goes affects? No, that's not the one that. Um... It's a Kaiser or a Ragnarok, and obviously the Ragnarok isn't out yet. And um, anything with Scandinavian, Scandinavian or Prussian traits. So I probably could do it if I had a Ragnarok built, but I'm not. I think that's the one with all Vulcan batteries. So maybe I'll get that run out. Provided the battle fleet includes a maximum size Blucher or Odin unit. Flagships in the battle fleet gain the devastating quality to their heavy gold Vulcan batteries, so maybe that might be worth taking. That sounds nasty. Yeah, because devastating on on the Vulcan batteries might be quite quite brutal. I might run that out next time. <laughs> Great. Just to see what it's like, just out of curiosity. Blah 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 blah. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the the rag, uh, not the Ragnarok, sorry, the um, Kaiser might be a slightly more expensive than the Elector, which is why I've not taken it before. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see you next yeah. time. The Kaiser is the one that just has Vulcan batteries front and back, isn't it? 
yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you can get that broadside on, you're not gonna there's not gonna lock me there left when that's finished. No, definitely not. Especially not with um not with devastating on it as well. That's no. gonna be horrendous. But yeah, I I might see you next time. Mm. So we call it a day on that? Yep. Yep. We've I think we've discussed everything that I can think of. Um okay. there's no news, it's all quiet on the Western Front. We'll uh, we'll we'll call this episode to what's it? We'll put a poll up about the Shroud generators. We'll share it on the Sturgeonium Lounge. In uh, fact, no, we'll post it directly to the Sturgeonium Lounge because that's a smarter option. And we'll do uh, put the death dinghy file out there as well. Yes, yes. We must put the death dinghy file out there. Uh, so thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hopefully this was a little bit helpful for all you enlightened players. Um, and we'll, we'll see you next time. File number. Empyrean Sirocco. 120-290-91. File closed. Agent Markov remains at large. <laughs>